hey everybody this is Vicki it's so good to be back with you <clears throat> excuse me I am going to uh, share some things with you today that I feel like the Lord's really put on my heart to share and uh, the timing is so appropriate because of the season we're in tomorrow is April 8th on the Gregorian calendar it is um, Passover and uh, there are people all over the world that will be celebrating this incredibly beautiful season of the year um, <clears throat> and then we go into the feast of unleavened bread and just these next this next week is is filled with all kinds of uh, um, amazing things that God has done and the remembrance of those things and how the time is that we're in now how he is uh, watching out for his people even in the midst of the things that are occurring in the world even in the midst of this whole thing with this coronavirus and a lot of people don't think that it's a real thing a lot of people are scared uh, seeing a lot of people die and there's just so much stuff going on but I am reminded of how the Lord said that deception was going to increase in the world and it really and truly has there's a lot more you know you just if you're not walking with the Spirit, if you're not walking with the Lord, the Creator, then it's way too easy to be deceived. And so we're going to talk a little bit about these things, and uh, I'm going to share with you what the Lord's given me to share today. And um, before we go into that, though, I would like to pray with you, um, because sometimes we just need to take a moment and get all of our thoughts to calm down and uh, so that we can hear what God has to say. So would you please join me in prayer and then we'll get, we'll jump right in. Father, I thank you again so much for this day. Lord, I sit here looking out my living room window at the incredible beauty of the trees, the leaves that are coming out, uh, the grasses are all, it's so pretty, God, and the blue sky. Father, you've given us so many things to be grateful for. Thank you, Lord, for being who you are, because who you are is good all of the time. Even if we don't understand the things that are going on, Lord, it doesn't change the fact that you are always good. You are always God. You're always holy. You always are faithful to your word. You declare a thing, and then you perform it. You are, you are beyond our ability to describe, but we can say this much. We know that there is none like you anywhere that there was never any who came before you any gods who there are none other i i just think about what you said you just had me reading that again yesterday in isaiah about how there are no other gods uh, and you would know because you are the one true god so i thank you and praise you that you love us so much that you choose to chose to create us you choose to walk with us you choose to draw us to you that you loved us so much before you even created us that just the idea of having us was so precious to you that you that you did go ahead and create us knowing that we were going to fail knowing that we were going to sin knowing that many of us would reject you and never receive you still you are good and you still uh, you still do amazing things you still choose to create and to love and to bless you say that it rains on the good and the evil god you're you're beyond our comprehension thank you for being who you are lord we love you i ask you to bless this time that we're going to share together 
I ask you to speak to the people who listen. It doesn't even have to be my words, Lord. I'm not asking for that. I'm asking for your words to touch their spirits, their hearts, and and to effect some kind of a change in them for the for their for their good and for your glory. Have your way, Lord. I thank you and praise you for all these things in the name of our Savior, Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus the Christ, I pray. Amen. Thank you, Father. Okay, so getting back to what I was talking about when I first when I first started the video, uh, we're in really difficult times, and I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. We all know that we're in really difficult times. But there is a peace that we can experience in in the Lord that even while we're going through these difficult circumstances and we see things just going kind of wacky all over the place, we're watching people get sick and die. People are running around afraid that they're going to get sick and not, you know, there's just the fear of the unknown. There are so many of us who've lost our jobs and businesses are, there's just all this whoa, bad stuff, all this negative news. And if we're not careful, we can get sucked into it and lose our peace, lose our hope, forget that God is who he says he is. We take him basically, when we do that, we take him down off the throne because we want to put something else up there to look at. And those other things are, ugh, they're awful things. I know I keep making sounds, but I just think about the things that are going on and how so many people have just lost hope. And then... The Holy Spirit reminds me, and this is part of the message he's been talking to me about for a couple of weeks. I, I'm sure I'm not the only one that hears this. There are a lot of people that are on social media, and, and you know, you, can, you hear it all over the place, really. If you're walking with the Lord, you can hear people say this. You can hear them say, well, I'm standing on Psalm 91, and I pray that over my family every day. I pray that over myself every day, and that's all well and good. It's a wonderful, beautiful psalm, and it is one the Lord gave me a number of years ago and said that that was for me, uh, not just for me, but I mean he was telling me that that is a psalm that he's given me for my own life, and then he began to show me how the different parts of that psalm were things that he had already done and given and shown and proven to me. And so I know that his word is alive. I know that it's true. But here's what I hear the Lord saying. I hear him saying that there are a lot of people that are standing on that psalm that are not even in a relationship with him. They have, a lot of people have said, yeah, I believe Jesus is the Christ, and yeah, I go to church when the churches are open, or, <laughs> or I, you know, I pray in the morning, or I pray at night. I hear a lot of people talking about how they're claiming that psalm over their lives and over their families. And what I hear the Lord say is, well, we can claim that psalm all day long, but unless we're walking in the um, instruction in the first, maybe instruction's the wrong word, uh, but unless we're walking in the reality of the first couple of verses of that psalm, then the rest of it really is, it just doesn't apply to us. We have to be doing what he says in the first couple of verses for us to be able to expect to receive the blessings that the rest of the verses express. In the first couple of verses, and I, um, as many times as I've read this, I don't even know if, I've, <laughs> if I'm going to say it right, because versions are different, but it's basically, 
basically says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. And then it goes on to say, surely he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler, from the noise and pestilence, and there are all these promises after that. But a lot of folks are taking those taking that psalm and just kind of waving it like a magic wand in the air and saying, well, this is what I, you know, this is what I believe. And it takes me to uh, a, another level in understanding about how people oftentimes will claim the promises of God, not realizing that many times those things that they're standing on and saying God gave them these things, many times those things that are in Scripture have a, a, a caveat, I guess you would say. There's a, there's a way that I've described God for decades now. He's the if-then God. And what that means is a lot of his promises, his covenants that he makes are just God covenants. He says, I'm going to do this, and doesn't matter what you do, this is what I'm going to do. But then there are a lot of things that he says to us, <clears throat> excuse me, throughout scripture where he says, listen, I, I'll give you this part. If you do this part right here, then I'm going to do these things over here. It's, it's really a relationship. It's like a friendship or a marriage or a, uh, it's, it's a relationship where both parties are involved. But a lot of times it appears that there are folks that think, well, all my part is is just to declare that he said um, that I can have these things, and so I can have these things. But that's not true in all of the scripture. That is not true. In a lot of scripture, he's saying, I'm going to give you the opportunity to have these things, but in order for you to have them, sorry, I was taking my socks off. <laughs> in order for you to have them, you're going to have to do these things over here. And oftentimes people don't want to do those things over here. They don't want to do the ifs that God gives. They just want to get the benefit of, of uh, the results of having done those things. In other words, they want to be rewarded. It's kind of like the culture that we live in in many ways. It's kind of an entitlement thing. Well, God's got these things available, and so I get to have them because he put them in his word. That's not what he says. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the opportunity to have these things. They are yours, absolutely, if you will do these things over here. And Psalm 91 is an excellent example of that very thing. God's not about being an entitlement person. Because here's what happens. When we think that we can just have whatever we want, when we think that there are no consequences for our actions, when we think that... Uh, God doesn't really care, or he's a loving God, and he's, he's just all generous, and he doesn't expect obedience out of us, and he doesn't want anything in return. Many times, that's not true. Many times in Scripture where he has said, you have to do these things for me to give you these things. What happens is if we take the mindset that says, I don't have to do my part. I just expect you to do your part, God. What's happening in those circumstances is we're saying basically I don't have to obey you I don't have to grow up I can stay just this little spoiled child forever and ever and ever and you are like my Santa Claus or my fairy godmother or uh, the tooth fairy and you can you're just gonna give me whatever 
You're just going to give me whatever. Now, y'all, I, in my relationship with the Lord, there have been plenty of times that he's let me know that because I didn't obey him, there were consequences for my disobedience. I'm not saying that God's seated on the edge of heaven on some fluffy cloud just watching and waiting for me to fail so that he can zap me into hell because that was my mindset for many years. I'm not saying that he isn't loving and that there isn't grace and that there isn't mercy because I know that there is. He's demonstrated it throughout my life and the lives of many people, everybody I know. Uh, there are times when he's been merciful and gracious when we absolutely, we haven't deserved it at all. We haven't done anything that was even remotely close to obeying what he's told us or given us, whether in his word or a, a personal word that he's given us. So we have nothing to stand on when we say, well, um, you know, God is... He, does, he just is full of grace and mercy, and there are no consequences for our actions. He reminded me, when I was thinking about this earlier, he reminded me of the scriptures, uh, the story about Ananias and Sapphira in Acts, where Jesus had already come, and he'd already, he'd already done his work here. He'd already ascended to heaven. The, the people had come together, all of these people who were following him. They'd come together. They decided to have all things common. They decided to sell all of their things so that nobody would be in need. Everybody would have what they needed. They were demonstrating truly the scripture where the Lord said, the most important thing we can do is love him, the two greatest commandments, when he was asked that, remember? The most important one is to love the Lord God with all our heart, might, might, and strength, might, might mind, and strength, and then to love our brothers as ourselves. So here's the church doing this in, uh, in that time. And then Ananias and Sapphira, you're probably familiar with the story, uh, sold all of their belongings, but they kept a little portion of that back and agreed to go tell the apostles that they'd only sold it for this much money when they'd actually sold it for more. And the deal was that they weren't under any kind of requirement to give everything it was it was literally a choice but they chose to lie so i listen to people and here's my point i listen to people who say no that was old testament god was you know there was punishment and that was old testament and but then jesus came and he paid for everything so there's no punishment now for those who follow him there's no uh, payment there's no price there's no discipline but if you go back and read the story of Ananias and Sapphira again, you'll find that what happened was they lied to the Lord. And because they lied to the Lord, they both died immediately. He died first. A little bit later, she came in. The same question was put to her, basically. And she uh, lied, and she died immediately. They said, same hands that carried out you, you know, your, the feet of your husband going to carry you out now. So there are consequences to disobedience. So when God gives us a promise and he says, and it's a conditional promise, he's saying, look, I'm, I'm gonna, I want to give this to you. I want to do this for you. I love you. I want to bless you, but I want you to do this part. And then I'll do this part over here. To do anything less than what he's asked for and, and just to say, no, I'm not, I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to, God, you just come on, fork it over. I, I get the blessings. You said it. It's in your word. All I got to do is claim it and stand on it. 
is to be to be like that is to be a very immature and unwise child um, no parent wants their perfectly healthy child to grow up still wearing a diaper because they choose to refuse to be potty trained they don't want to have to do that they want their parents just to continue to wipe their stinky bottom all of their lives well god's not going to do that with us he's not going to do that with us so i'm saying all that to bring us back to the 91st psalm because i believe that the lord is saying he wants people to understand we can't just declare a thing and decide that we don't have to do the part that God's given us, and we're only going to take a piece of what he said, and we're going to look for all the benefits, but we are not going to be held accountable for any of the uh, uh, requirements that he places on that, on that gift. So here's the point. God's calling us to dwell in the secret place with him. And, you know, there are a lot of people that are running back to the secret place or perhaps even running to it for the first time in their lives because they're afraid. They're afraid because of what they're seeing going on in the world. And, you know, Scripture talks about how these things are going to come, and they're not just going to come, but they're going to continue to increase. And we're going to see things go in a direction, not just in our country, but around the world that are going to be frightening, that are going to require more of us in our faith walk with the Lord than we have perhaps ever experienced in our lives. We're going to see we're going to see things that are devastating and and I can say all of that with absolute assurance that what I'm saying is the truth. I know there are people that will say, "Well, that's just doom and gloom." Well, oh my goodness sakes. Read the Bible. The Lord said these things are coming and a lot of times we just want to push them way off in the future. We don't want to have to think that they could happen in our lifetime because we want to be able to enjoy our lives and we don't want bad things, any more bad things going on. We just want to go ahead and live our lives however we feel like living our lives without being accountable to God or without drawing close to him. But scripture says that these things are going to come, they're going to continue, and they'll increase, and that men's hearts will fail them for the things they see coming upon the earth. Well, I kind of look at it this way. I have a choice. I can believe God's word and know that nobody knows the day or hour or time of Jesus' return. Nobody knows when these things, even though we can look at the signs, and Scripture talks about that, being able to discern the signs and the seasons, the times and the seasons in which we live. We can look at these things and, and have an idea that, and, and understanding that those things are drawing close. That time for him to come back is drawing close. But before that time, the Lord talks in Scripture about the things that are going to be coming on the earth and how difficult they're going to be. If I want to be able to endure the times in which we're living, and if those times are going to continue to become more difficult, which from everything I hear Holy Spirit saying, not just to me, but to others who have ears to hear what the Lord is saying as well, then I want to be as prepared as I can. I want to be as, and the only way I'm going to be prepared is to be close to the Lord. 
Now, I want to say this. It isn't just about the times we're living in. It's about where I'm going to spend eternity. I want to be with the Lord always and forever. I don't want to be one of those people that stands in front of him at the last day and he says, depart from me. I never knew you. You used my name a lot and all of that, but you didn't know me and I didn't know you. You didn't get close to me. You didn't study me. You didn't spend time with me. You didn't obey me when I gave you when, I, when my spirit spoke to you, you just did whatever you felt like doing. You just were busy saving your own life. Well, guess what? That means you've lost your life. I don't want to hear that. I want, him, I want him to say, okay, you messed up a lot, but you were trying. And I covered with my grace and my mercy those things where you were weak and you failed, but you kept working to get to the place where I was calling you. And so I taught you how to run on the high places to leap on the hills like the gazelles I taught you how to walk with me and it was because of your heart for me it was because of your love for me it was because you obeyed me when I gave you something to do and yeah you maybe you didn't get it right all the time but you were doing the best you could and I'm covering the rest of it child I want to hear him say in a few words all of that stuff I just say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. I'm not going to hear that out of him if I just go ahead and live my life however I feel like living it. One of the really uh, dangerous things about the times we live in is that people have lost their fear of the Lord. And you can talk to, I've talked to a lot of people who profess Christ as their Savior that say, uh, we're, I'm not afraid of God. I don't need to be. And I remember when I was a new, <laughs> I remember when I was a baby Christian, I remember saying that to my uh, mentor at the time. Oh, I'm not afraid of the Lord. And she said, well, <laughs> you'll learn to be. And that's wisdom. Oh, my gosh, that's wisdom. That's the scripture where he says the beginning, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Understanding that God means what he says he is merciful and gracious and loving, but he's also justice. And, uh, and he means his word. He means what he says. So to understand that, we get to the place where we really understand that, then we do walk in fear of the Lord because it means we don't just go, oh, you're not going to care what I do, God. It means we say, this must be important to you for whatever reason, and I'm going to obey you because you are God. And I am not God, and I'm accountable to you. I'm answerable to you. And you have the power of death. You have the power of my future, not just here, but in the hereafter. So I, I submit myself to you. I love you, and this is how you told me. I show you I love you is I obey you. I keep your commandments. So Getting back, I know I keep kind of going off in different directions, but the point of this whole thing is that the Lord is calling us to learn how to dwell in the secret place of the Most High, to learn that it means uh, the spending of time with Him, yes, but it means obedience as well. It means not just surrender, but sacrifice of our very lives not just saying okay well I'll do whatever you want but it literally means laying our lives down before him and saying you are the boss of me 
and I want you to have your way. So the selfishness that we all demonstrate at times, the, the pride that we don't even know we're walking in until the Lord reveals it to us, and the only way we see it is if he reveals it to us, um, those things have to go. Until they go, we're not going to hear him the way we should. We're not going to see him the way he wants us to see him. We're not going to be in that relationship of deep intimacy where he can command and we will obey, where he can say, if you'll dwell in the secret place, then I will protect you. I will take care of you. You have these promises from me. If you will do what I say, you have my word that I will do the things that I promise you as a result of you doing the things that I've given you to do. Aside from doing that, we have no promise. We have no guarantee. We can't just go pick a scripture out and say, well, God said that uh, he was going to do this. Unless it is one of those uh, covenants that is exclusively God's, where he said, I'm doing this regardless of what anybody else doing, is doing, this is what I'm going to do. Unless it's one of those, then it's an if-then uh, promise and that means you have a part to play, I have a part to play if we expect his promises. So if you have been, please share this video or at least share this message. Um, if, if you have been someone who's just been doing that name it and claim it thing, and while I believe that the Lord said to speak, that there's life, the power of life and death in our tongue, that uh, there are so many scriptures that people stand on that say, well, we can have what we say. But there are also scriptures where Jesus said, I never told you, I never told you that you're guaranteed these things. I said, if you do these things, you can have these things. Let's just use this for an example. But it, what I was going to say is, if that's where you've been living, then I encourage you to take this message to the Lord and say, is this the truth? I want to know if this is the truth. And wait on him. Let him talk to you about this because... He's trying to grow us up. He's trying to draw us in. He wants a bride that is mature. He doesn't want a bride. I've said this before. I probably have said it on a video. He doesn't want a bride who's still wearing a diaper. He wants a bride who has grown, who's willing to let him be the leader in the relationship and to submit, to surrender to him in every way that he is that he expects as the king, as the creator. And we should be doing that. My goodness sakes, he made us. He knows the number of hairs on our head. He knows where all of them that fell out. He knows where all those are. He knows things about us we don't even know ourselves. He knows things about us that unless he reveals them to us, like the, the uh, meditations of our hearts. Remember when King David said, search me, O God, and try me. Know my reign. See if there's any wicked thing in me. And if there is, lead me in the way everlasting. What he was saying is, look, I don't even know my own heart. And there are other scriptures that refer to that, that say the heart's a deceitful thing above all else. Who can know it? Well, I'll tell you who knows it. God knows it. He knows the desires of our heart. He knows when our motives are wrong. He knows when we're manipulating. And at times we don't even know those things. So, so going to him and saying, I want you to reveal the truth to me. I don't want to live in deception. I don't want to be an immature follower of Christ that's not really even following, but just standing on words that I've read in the Bible and am not even... I'm not even trying to uh, hear what you have to say or seeking your heart or trying to find out what you want me to know. 
He doesn't want that. He wants us to grow. He wants us to uh, draw close. And the only way we're going to know him truly is to draw close to him. We can read his word. We pray over his word. We ask him to reveal himself. We surrender our lives to him. We obey him. We submit to him. We submit to his headship, to his lordship, to him being the God of all things. There's nobody else like him. Why? especially we ourselves. Why would we let anybody else be the ruler over us in that place that belongs to him, including ourselves? Why would we get up on the throne of our own hearts instead of letting him be seated in that place that belongs exclusively to him? Anything else is idolatry. So, I didn't know I was going to say all that stuff, but the Lord did. So if you are struggling with uh, fear, if you're struggling with, um, it doesn't even matter what you're struggling with. The only peace that is genuine, deep peace that we can have is found in that place with him, in that relationship with him. He gives us, when he sends us his spirit, he gives us the ability to have peace that surpasses all understanding. It goes far above and beyond the circumstances we're living in. It goes above and beyond our health, our jobs, our relationships, our families, the economy. It, it, is, it is a peace that no man, nothing on earth can give and even talks about that in scripture. So I encourage you again, take this message to the Lord. Ask him to help you see like I do on a regular basis, because I don't trust my own heart. I don't trust my own motives. So ask the Lord to show you what you need to see. Ask him to talk to you. Ask him to, and then be still and wait on him. And when he gives you something, then do that thing. When he impresses you to do something, open your hands, bless, be a blessing in the lives of other people. Don't be holding on to everything you have because you're afraid you're going to lose it because things look so bad in the world. You continue to reach out or you start, if you haven't been, reaching out into the lives of others and see how God would have you bless the people around you. See, ask him, show me, Lord. Let me see what you want me to do. Help me, help me be a blessing in this life. I don't want to live from a temporal viewpoint. I I want to live from the place where you have said already, Jesus, that I am seated on the, on the throne with you. I'm seated beside you. I'm not just here, but I'm there. Help my perspective change. Show me how I'm believing lies. Teach me what I need to know. Help me see what I need to see. I'll share this and then, um, then I'll, uh, I'll stop. I think, <laughs> um, the last few weeks, the Lord's had me, uh, it was really interesting how this happened. I was on, I was just taking a break and I was on YouTube and I, uh, a video caught my attention and it was a, a, a video about these Enchroma glasses, which probably most of you are familiar with. They are glasses that were developed uh, to help people who are colorblind be able to see color. And um, I watched a video of someone who had received the glasses and, and they put them on the first time and it was just overwhelming. It was breathtaking. It was, uh, made me cry. And it made me feel really good because I saw that somebody who'd never been able to experience 
the things that I'd been experiencing and that most of, ex of us experience all of our lives by just being able to look outside and see the color of the beautiful red buds or the, what, that they were seeing these things for the first time. And a lot of these people were people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s that were just seeing this for the first time in their lives. And I watched more videos, and the Lord was talking to me through all that. And that's why this is the uh, this is kind of the icing on the cake of this of this message. He was talking to me about that, and he was saying, "You know, I want people to come to me because they are looking through glasses. They're looking through temporal glasses." not at just the world, but at me. They're looking and only seeing a piece of who I am. They're seeing me in gray tones. They're seeing me without color. They're, they're not seeing me for who I really am. I'm better than people think I am. I am more loving. I am more gracious. I am more powerful. I am more faithful. I am more creative. I am more, uh, I, I am all wisdom. I am everything that people could possibly want or imagine that is beautiful and glorious i am i am the creator of all things i am i am so much bigger than people give me credit for in other words there is so much more to my color it isn't just the gray tones that people see me through it isn't just that people are colorblind spiritually they cannot see me as i am and the reason is because they won't come to me they won't submit their lives to me they won't get in my presence and say i want to know you more than i want to know anything else in this world and he said because of that they walk around with these glasses on that tell them well I'm not going to take care I'm you know I only have so much power and just like this coronavirus thing I I'm not sure I'm going to take care of because I'm not good I'm not I'm not faithful to my word I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not and he says it isn't that I'm not what they think I am it's that I am so much more than they can possibly imagine they're going to have to dwell in the secret place of the Most High and abide, remain under the shadow, under the shelter of the Almighty. And then my promise to them, just like I talked about in the 91st Psalm, is that I will take care of them. Let me say this one last thing. Jesus came, Yeshua came, and he had to go. It was because of love. He had to go to the cross or to the tree. It wasn't that God made him. It was that he loved Father so much that he just couldn't say no. He even asked him in the garden several times, you know, if there's any other way than this, take the cup from me and And yet, it doesn't matter what I want. What matters is what you want. God's promise to us isn't that he will bless us with many riches or uh, fancy cars or the most glorious relationship or a huge ministry or fame or many children or whatever, whatever your 
thought is about that. God's promise to us, if we come to him, if we dwell in that secret place, his promise to us is that regardless of anything that's going on in the world, whether it's a virus, whether it's a job, regardless of anything that's going on in the world, he will be with us and he will carry us through. He may, we may end up laying our lives down. We may end up uh, losing our homes. We may, who knows? God knows. But the good news is that when we begin, when we draw close to him, we see all of the colors of his beauty. We see his glory in a new way. We see his lordship, his headship in a way that we've never seen it before. And we learn that he can be trusted. We learn that we can rest in him and that he will always do the very best right thing, no matter what it looks like in the natural, in this world that we're living in now. And as a result of that, the peace that surpasses understanding that comes because his Holy Spirit has come to indwell us because we have chosen to remain in him. And as a result, he chooses to remain in us. And that's when, actually in the book of uh, John, when the Lord said that if we will abide or remain in him, then he will abide and remain in us. And he will send his spirit to be with us. And he and his father will come to live with us. That there's nothing more wonderful. There's nothing more powerful than that. And so this is my prayer for all of us, that we would move into that place, that secret place of the Most High, and begin to see the glorious colors of God. God bless you all. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back soon, I hope. Until then, shalom. <laughs>